0: we want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we're grateful to the Lord for everyone that's uh, that's here today if you have your Bibles let's go to the first chapter of the book of Genesis everybody there. Today uh, we're going to be talking about uh, generational curses and uh, we want to help us all to understand what that is and um, so we'll know what uh, what to look for. Many people, uh, they don't because they don't understand generational curses, uh, they remain in in generational curses. And uh, they can't explain their behavior or their mindset or why they make the decisions that they make, and uh, but they just continue to go on in life doing what they've been doing and making the decisions that they've been making and uh, with no real explanation and no real understanding of why. And so we want to uh, point out the why and help us to see what God thinks about it. Uh, God does not intend for people to remain cursed. And so, um, let's, in fact, let's read uh, the first chapter of the book of Genesis. And uh, <laughs> hold your spot there. Let's go to the book of Deuteronomy. The... Eleventh chapter of the Book of Deuteronomy. Is everybody there? All right, we're going to start reading at verse twenty six. It says, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. Does everybody see that? Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. And that's been from the beginning of time. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was the blessing and the curse from the beginning of mankind. The Lord set those before us. <clears throat> and it says verse 27, a blessing if ye obey the commandments of the Lord. Everybody see that? Your God which I commanded you this day. So everybody see what it takes to be blessed. To obey the commandments of the Lord. Verse 28, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which ye have not known. Now that's a that's a big statement there. To go after other gods which you have not known. In other words, the way we could say it today is you, you, if you're not obeying God's commandments, you're automatically serving other gods and you may not even realize it. Does everybody understand? So do we see. The blessing, what brings the blessing? Obeying God's commandments. What brings the cursing? Disobeying God's commandments. And it's just that simple. Does everybody understand? You ain't got to be way out in the world somewhere to be cursed. You can be sitting in church obeying, not obeying God's commandment and be cursed. It's really that simple. Either you're obeying or disobeying. If you're obeying, you're blessed. If you're disobeying, you're cursed. Everybody understand? Now, this isn't something that's deep. In fact, let's go. Let's go. um, let's Let's go. Let's go to the 30th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. I want to read something to you real briefly. And just to sh- you know just to show us what this is <laughs> is everybody there the 30th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy It says, for this commandment, which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. Does everybody hear what the Lord's saying? He's saying the commandments that he gives us, it's not hidden. It's not some deep mystery. It's not way off somewhere unattainable everybody see? Everybody understand? It's not hidden. So if it's not hidden, it's not hard to keep. God don't intend for people to make excuses for keeping his word. You know, there are no excuses. You see God's word, you read it, you hear it preached every week. You have no excuses to disobey it outside of you just want to disobey. That's what he's saying. It ain't some deep mystery somewhere that you got to get the revelation of to obey it. Let's read that again. For this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. Everybody see? It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it. (laughs) Y'all recognize this? Does this seem familiar to you? You read that in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, this is what Paul is quoting. But look, listen, verse 14, but the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. Everybody see that? You see how this goes back to what we spoke of a couple of Wednesdays ago. What are you professing? See, it makes a difference when you profess. We're not talking about confessing. What are you professing? If you profess something, it's right there, it's in your mouth, and you know you can do it. A lot of times people don't profess because that's their way of not holding themselves accountable. If I say it with my mouth, then I'm be held, I, I will be held accountable for it. But as long as it don't come out of my mouth, maybe it's far off in heaven somewhere, and God's got to bring it down to me. Read that again, verse 14, but the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. Does everybody see that? Let's go down to verse 19 the same chapter, verse chapter 30. It says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you uh, in other words, thou and thy seed may live. Now there is where the connection is when it comes to generational curses. He's telling grown folks the parents choose life. So I ain't got to whoop you and your seed. Does everybody see that? Does everybody see that? So we can agree that what the parents do affect their children the way their parents behave affect their children. Daddy hard-headed, you're going to have some hard-headed children. Mama hard-headed, hard-headed children. It's that is really that simple. Does everybody understand? So when you see you have a problem with your children and they just hard-headed and stubborn, don't want to then the best thing you can do is look in the mirror. I tell you why, because children, little, small children, they don't invite demons into your home. The parents do. All the children can do is respond to that devil. But children, they don't, the parents are the ones that bring the devils into the house. And all children can do is respond to what's already there. Everybody understand? I hope we understand that. Our children are a telltale sign of what what we are dealing with. I don't care how we try to dress it up. See, children can't dress up their stuff. It's just out there. They don't know how to be cute about it. They ain't got no scriptures to back up what they're doing. (laughs) But the parents, they'll testify. Everything but pray for me because I'm just as wicked as the devil. Everybody understand? I'm telling you, didn't we just read this in this book here? Children can be cursed because of the parents. Does everybody see that? Now we have to understand that before we go any further. See, now let's go back to the first chapter of the book of Genesis. Now, let's uh, be patient today. And we're going to have to show you this. We're going to have to go through several scriptures, and we're going to stay in this same book, in the book of Genesis. Anything you want to read in the Bible, you can find it in the book of Genesis. All right, so everybody there? Let's start. Let's read verse 24. Is everybody there? The first chapter of the book of Genesis, verse 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after what? His His kind. Let the earth bring forth the living creature. Cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind and it was what? so." So you may say, well, Brother Bolin, let's go and keep reading verse 25. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind and cattle after their kind and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was what? Good. You may say, well, Brother Bolin, that's talking about animals. Let's read that again. Verse 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature. Where did Adam come from? So can we agree to that? After his kind. Does everybody understand? Parents can only produce after their kind. I'm trying to get you to see generational curses. Stubbornness, headedness. Parents can only produce after their kind. You're not gonna produce saints when you living in sin. And I don't care how you try to hide it and be quiet about it, your children are gonna tell on you. I've seen 10-year-olds speak in tongues, just as saved as their daddy. That's because he produced after his own kind. Does everybody understand? And here's the thing about it. You can have somebody saved walking on water, and marry somebody that's underneath the water. What are the children gonna take after? They're going to pick the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Every single time. Does everybody understand? Yeah, they're going to pick the tree (laughs) that looks tasty. Everybody understand? So everybody see the connection there. Children only come from two parents. It ain't three of y'all, it's two. And they can only do and yield to whatever spirit is there in the home that the parents bring there, one or both. That's all they know how to do. The same way that's all you knew how to do. Does everybody understand? All right, so let's, let's, let's look at this. Uh, and listen, we have to understand what a curse is. Blessings. So to understand what a curse is, think about what it means to you to be blessed and then just think of the opposite of that. Nothing panning out for you. Nothing working. You've been in the same place you've been for the last 10 years. Not growing nowhere. Not, Not only spiritually, but naturally so. Just not growing. Just seem like just, you know, just the same rut and just can't seem to get out of it. You're cursed. Does everybody understand? Look at what happened to the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness. Before they could, ex- the, the ones that were 20 and under could experience the blessings of God, mama and daddy had to die. You notice that God didn't say, well, you know what, everybody that's 20 and under, y'all can go into the promised land but the the ones that's 20 and over, y'all can't go in. Y'all gonna walk around. He could have said it like that, but he did it that way for a reason, to show us a pattern. As long as you still holding on to mom and daddy's ways, I'm talking to adults, as long as you think it's cute, as long as you don't take on all the nature of God, and you can disobey him in one area, you are cursed and you're tied to this earth. Does everybody understand? I've seen people can't stand the way that their parents were. Could look and see, they were worldly and just on their way to hell and turn around and do the exact same thing. Couldn't stand it. Uh, uh, the son couldn't stand his drunk daddy, only to turn around and be a drunkard himself. The daughters couldn't stand their whorish mother, but only to turn around and be the exact same way. Willpower don't get you from under that curse. Not being able to stand it, that don't get you from under that curse. God is the only one. You choose life. You have to. He's life. Everybody understand? Yeah, he's life. Choose him. And, and listen, keep his commandments. you disobey disobeying one thing that you know better than to do. That's all it takes. And let me make this clear. Uh, God curses households. It ain't just the one individual. It's the household. Now, you parents, you think about what you're going through right now. And then think about, do I want to really watch my children grow up and go through the same mess I'm going through? My grandchildren, do I want to watch that and watch them go through the same thing I, I'm, I'm going through? And see, that, that, that rebellion and that curse, that's a, that's a selfish rebellion. Everybody, it ain't, it ain't thinking about how the children are going to be affected at all. That just, all it knows is right now I want my way. Everybody understand? It's not thinking about the children at all. I ain't thinking nothing about it. I'm going to be stubborn. I'm going to be hard-headed. And I'm going to do what I want to do. And But but I want y'all to pray for my children. Lay hands on them. Because <laughs> they stubborn and hard-headed. No, it don't work that way. Everybody understand? No, it don't work that way. My old boss, Lester Summerall, tells a story of how it was a uh, he was overseas and he was had a prayer line praying for the sick and those that were vexed of the devil and somebody brought a young girl about 13, 12 or 13 to him that was deaf and dumb and he pr- prayed for her and the Lord healed her instantly. She began to speak and she could hear. Well her parents didn't bring her to that meeting. But the girl went home to her parents who were unbelievers. And they began to mock her as she talked. And the girl got bitter at them mocking her because they had never heard her talk before. She got bitter because she couldn't pronounce her words just exactly right because she was just starting to talk. And she, because of that bitterness, that deaf and dumb spirit come right back on her. And so Lester Summerall was saying he learned a lesson from that. You don't heal children and then send them back to the devil. you got to get them parents first. Let's get them saved, and then the children will follow suit. Does everybody understand? And that's, it's Bible, what we just read here. Let everything that come from the earth produce after its own kind. You can have all kind of good neighbors praying for your child and, and bringing it, but if, you, if your heart ain't changing, it ain't going to do them no good in the long run. And I think we have to take inventory and really think and really examine ourselves uh, and, and look at what, look at our stock and where we come from. And we have to figure out, we have to know, Lord, that's me. If, if you haven't done a work in me about that yet, then that's who I, I am, my parents. No matter how saved you think you are, if you're not obeying God and keeping his commandments in everything that you know to do, you are your parents. And then if you got children, your children are you and your parents and your grandparents, wherever it started at. If you can say, my parents weren't saved when I was growing up or my grandparents weren't, I can promise you, you're under a curse. All it takes is disobedience to the Lord. It's somewhere in your family line. And the only way to get from under that curse is to keep God's commandments. Does everybody understand? So see, we, sometimes we ask a prayer about the wrong thing. We want God to be our genie and to change all of our circumstances without changing us. Oh, the circumstances change when you change. You change, and, and then uh, everything around you'll start changing. You'll, be, you'll look at it different. Everybody understand? All right, so is everybody ready to walk this road now? Let's go to the 20th chapter of the book of Genesis. Is everybody there? Start reading verse 1. It says And Abraham, Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of his wife, uh, of Sarah, his wife, She is my sister. And Abimelech. King of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man, for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she is my sister. And she, even her, she herself, said, He is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and in the innocency of my hands, have I done this? Everybody see that? And I tell you, this shows <laughs> cursed people hanging around each other. Does everybody understand? And here's the thing. Who authored this foolishness? Abraham. But who was going to be the dead man? Abimelech. The fellow that shot and killed my brother. When, when uh, I was growing up, I went, to, I went to school with his brother. And that fellow was a rascal. Uh, he was a rascal. I don't, know, I, I don't know how he is today, but back then he was a rascal. And uh, so when we got grown, um, this, this fellow, you know, and I say a rascal, I mean a real rascal. If you could think of it, he did it and, and was a bully, you know. He bullied people that he knew wasn't going to punch him in his face. Everybody understand? And so when, I, when we got grown, I was out of town, and he had went to this nightclub and had gotten into it with somebody. And it just so happened to be a couple there, uh, some newlyweds, celebrating their anniversary. And so he had got into it with this one fellow, and the guy went out to his car, grabbed his gun, and came back in and shot at this rascal that I grew up with, missed him, and hit the husband and killed the husband who was celebrating his anniversary. Does everybody see that? Yeah, Curse people hang together. Does everybody understand? Let's go and keep reading. Verse 6, And God said unto him in a dream, Yeah, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her now, here's the, see, he, King Abimelech, was the, a man of integrity. Now, we just read in the book of Deuteronomy how keeping God's commandments and his word is not far off. Now, let's keep in mind that this was a king. He had went and took Sarah but he did not sleep with her, because him being a righteous man, he was going to wait until they got married. And because he was willing to walk in integrity that far, God took it a step further and revealed something to him that he didn't know himself. Does everybody understand? But God dealt with him, told him, you, "You're but a dead man." Why? Because that woman that you plan on marrying, that's another man's wife. And he said, Lord, I, I didn't know that. Didn't they, they both said that, that they were brother and sister. And the Lord said, I, I know, you know, because of the integrity of your heart, but look at what he said. And that's why I withheld you from doing it. I'm telling you, if you want to serve the Lord, he'll withhold you. He'll keep who want to be kept. Does everybody understand? Verse 7, Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. Your decision, I set before you, life and death. Notice he didn't say, well, I'm going to kill you to keep you from doing it. I'm setting before you life and death. I am giving you a choice. Now, if you make the right decision, good. If you make the wrong decision, I'm going to kill you and all that's yours, including children. Does everybody see that? In other words, your your decisions can either bless your household or curse your household. It ain't just you. Think about some of the raggedy junk y'all grew up in. What did you have to do with it except be born in it? What decisions did you make for the raggediness? And you may say, well, you know, you're right. I I couldn't stand the way I was raised. I think my parents could have been better. Uh, Yeah, but what about you? We're not preaching to them. We're preaching to you. Everybody understand? Yeah, we all like to be far removed from that, except we're producing the same fruit, you see. All right, let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 8, therefore, Abimelech rose early in the morning. Everybody see that? Didn't, didn't have to pray about it? Wasn't sitting there on his bed? Now, all of this was in a dream. Wasn't sitting there on his bed thinking, man, that was a strange dream. Let me, let me email Brother Bolton and see what that means. No, I ain't got to email nobody. That was thus said the Lord, I'm going to do it. I'm not going to fall into that. Everybody see? He rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told all these things in their ears, and the men were so afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, What hast thou done unto us, and what have I offended thee, that thou hast brought on me and my kingdom a great sin? Thou hast done deeds unto me that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What sawest thou thou, that thou hast done this thing? So you see why he's asking him that? So God told Abimelech that Abraham was a prophet. And so he's asking Abraham, what did you see? In other words, was this a setup? Everybody see? Verse 11, and Abraham said, because I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. Everybody see that? Now, here's the question. What put Abraham in this predicament? God didn't tell him to go to where he was. And so now Abraham has to come up with other stuff to save his life. Does everybody understand? Disobedient, not as blessed as he wanna be, but disobedient in one thing, and that's all it takes. Does everybody understand that? And Abraham said, Because I thought, Surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. And yet, indeed, she is my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And it came to pass, when God caused me to wander from my father's house, that I said unto her, This is thy kindness, which thou shalt show unto me. At every place we, we shall come, say of me, He is my brother. And Abimelech took sheep and oxen and men servants and women servants and gave them unto Abraham and restored him Sarah his wife. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before thee. Dwell where it pleaseth thee. And unto Sarah he said, Behold, I have given thy brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, he is to thee a covering of the eyes unto all that are with thee and with all other thus she was reproved does everybody understand what Abimelech is telling Sarah there if you will stay under now he used the word brother for a reason if you will stay under your husband's covering you won't be in danger your household won't be in danger. He is a covering. In other words, Abraham was such a mighty man. He, she, he was telling her, your husband is such a mighty man, there's no other man going to want to look at you in that manner. Because for Abraham's sake, stay under his covering. Does everybody understand? You ain't got to connive and be sneaky about stuff when you, you under your husband's covering. Stay under him. And he, he'll guard you from anything demonic. Let's think about it. Was Sarah interested in sleeping with Abimelech? Was she interested in marrying him? No, I'ma just go alone. Why? Because she was afraid as well. And she put herself out there. And so Abimelech reproved her. Your husband will cover the, other, the men's eyes around here. You ain't got to worry about nobody looking and lusting after you and you being in danger if you stay under your husband's covering. They're going to they, know they have to deal with Abraham. And we know how he is. Nobody want a part of that. So he reproved her. Let's go and keep reading. So Abraham prayed unto God and God healed Abimelech. Everybody understand? See, he was already walking in the curse. Just that quick. Hadn't done anything outside of his own integrity, what he thought was right. And was already cursed. Does everybody understand? Healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bear children. Everybody see that? His whole household had become cursed. And Abimelech was ignorantly disobeying a command. They had no idea what he was doing. Ignorantly doing it, and was cursed already we're not talking about something that went on for months and months or weeks even. Does everybody see that? So, you know, you don't, you don't have to think, well, i can I, got a, I got a month of grace. I can disobey God and just God to just let it fly. I'm in my feelings for, I can be in my feelings for a few weeks and God to let it fly. Willie, the moment you make up your mind to disobey is the moment you become cursed. Because listen, part of the curse is your disobedience. Does everybody understand that? All right, let's go and keep reading. Verse 18, for the Lord had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Everybody see that? So we agree, according to God's word here, what Abraham said, Sarah was his sister. She was his sister daddy's daughter but they did not have the same mother but so Abraham was not lying Sarah was his sister in real life but we know that there was some deception does everybody understand there was some deception What deception? I'm going to tell half of it, but not all of it. I'm not, I don't want to put myself all out there. That's why I don't like these prayer requests. Uh, Brother Bowen, will you pray for me? Oh, what's wrong? Uh, Just pray. I'm just going through some stuff. And the Lord I answer you according to your prayer. Lord, I'm I'm going through some stuff. Okay. Why are you going through it? What's going on in your life? Does everybody understand? How many of you married your spouse and didn't know their whole name? That's what I thought. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? You had to get to know them some kind of way. And all these love. And just pray, you know, Let just let the Lord lead you. The only thing that God can heal is what's put on the table. But the deception, I don't want to make myself look that bad. Well, I tell you what, if you're that bad, God, God knows about it and you need to put it out there. Does everybody understand? So we see... Abraham and his wife are operating in deception. The father of faith. And listen, here's the thing about it. Other people had to suffer because of it. All right, so now let's go to the, let's go to the 25th chapter of the book of uh, Genesis. So, I, I, now I want to just share this just real briefly. Abraham, his first son was Ishmael. But it was revealed to him that Ishmael was not the child of promise. And so then Isaac was born. And then God said, This is going to be the child of promise. This is the one that I've promised you. But you notice what Abraham's prayer was oh, that Ishmael would be blessed. Oh, that Ishmael, Lord, what about Ishmael? And the Lord said, I'm I'm gonna bless him. I'm I'm gonna make him a mighty nation. He's gonna be blessed, but he's not the child of promise. So we see that because Abraham was a righteous man, that that he loved both of his sons. He loved them both. Does everybody understand? Now, I have to bring that out for us to understand this part. Is everybody there at the 25th chapter of the book of Genesis? All right, let's start reading at verse 24. Now, this is after Abraham has died, and Isaac now has has become, has taken up the reins, and the patriarch of the family. And he has a wife. Rebecca and they start having children. In fact, let's let's go down to uh, verse 21. Let's start at verse 21. It says And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebecca his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. I think that's important. Now, did everybody read that now? When her days... To be delivered were fulfilled People today say Forty weeks and God says it, it happens when I say It happened. Does I understand <laughs> Verse 25 And the first came out red All over like a hairy Garment and they called his name Esau and after that came His brother out And his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. So he was 60 years old. Verse 27, and the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter. In other words, skillful. A man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. You see that, the two different natures? One of them was a man's man out hunting and killing his own food. The other one was wearing an apron with his mama. Everybody understand? Yeah, Jacob should have been out there hunting too, if he wanted to eat. Verse 28, and Isaac loved Esau. You see that? Because he's a man's man. He's just like me. Because he did eat of his venison. In other words, he takes care of himself. But Rebecca loved Jacob. Why? Because he liked to sew. He helps me out in the kitchen. He scratches my head. Now, if you read this carefully, you will understand for there to be favorites, then mom and daddy had to be divided in the first place. Everybody understand? If mom and daddy weren't divided, they'd have both loved them the exact same way. Why? Because we produce after our own kind. They too shall be one flesh. That's the way it's supposed to be according to God's word. But when mama and daddy aren't on one accord, then they get to picking and choosing what child is going to be hunting and what child is going to be at home. And they nurture that. I love you because you just like me, but I don't like you as much because you just like your daddy. So is it a wonder? the brothers didn't get along until they were old men? Everybody see that? All right, so now let's go down to verse, chapter 26. Is everybody there? Is everybody in verse 26? Uh, chapter 26? Start reading verse 1. And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. Uh oh. Didn't we just read about him? And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of, Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee and will bless thee, for unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And Isaac dwelt at Gerar. And the men of the place asked him of his wife, and he said, (laughs) what did he say? Don't you think Abraham was beating the mess out of him when he was lying? Who took that candy, Ishmael? If you want to beat the devil out of children, start with your devil. And Isaac didn't have a a leg to stand on because she was not his sister at all. he was just flat out lying everybody understand Abraham dead and gone (laughs) but let's keep this lie going she is my sister, lest, said he, the men of the place should kill me for Rebekah, because she was fair to look upon. And it came to pass, when he had been there a long time, that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out at a window and saw, and behold, Isaac was sporting with Rebekah, his wife. In other words, they were flirting. And Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold, of a surety, she is thy wife. And has, how saidst thou? she is my sister and Isaac said unto him because I said lest I die for her and Abimelech said what is this thou hast done unto us one of the people might lightly have lain with thy wife in other words slept with her and thou shouldest have brought guiltiness upon us and Abimelech charged all his people saying he that touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to what death I'm sure that was only part of the conversation you just like your daddy <laughs> everybody see that? So Abraham have introduced the spirit of deception into his family. everybody see that? All right, let's go to chapter 27 now. Is everybody there? Let's start reading at verse 1. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, in other words, he's saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, and his children going to walk right after him and be saved just like him. So that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son, and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, and thy bow, and go out to the field, and take me some venison. And make me savory meat, such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau, his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and bring it, to bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob, her son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau, thy brother, saying, Bring me venison, and make, my sa- make me savory meat, that I may eat and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Why? Because me and daddy still ain't on one accord. According to, the, according to that which I command thee. Everybody, see that? Is she supposed to be commanded? No, a husband and already laid down his rules of what he want? Go now to the flock and fetch from thence two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. Everybody, see that? And thou shalt bring it to thy father that he may eat. Everybody see it. Now you see the difference there between mama and daddy? Daddy told the son, you go hunt and kill. Don't take from mine because it's already mine. I'm telling you, you go hunt for yours. You kill it. You cook it and bring it to me. Mama's saying, no, you ain't got to do all of that. Go take from your daddy's flock. I know how he likes it. You ain't even got to cook it. I know how you like it. I'm showing you the difference between mom and daddy. That's why it's important that mama line up with daddy. If she don't, she'll be raising some sneaky children, and she'll be right along with them with it. Everybody see that? Mama raising children by herself makes lazy children. I'm going to do everything for you. Everybody, isn't that that what we're reading here? You ain't even got to go hunting. Just go out and just kill two little sheep that's just minding their business that belong to your daddy. You ain't got to cook them. Just bring them here. I'll cook them. Everybody stand. Stand in this kitchen and keep me company, since me and your daddy ain't getting along. You my new man. Verse 10, and thou shalt bring it to thy father that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, behold, Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. I'm a girly man. Everybody understand? I can't stand to have hairy arms and hairy legs. I use the same razor mama (laughs) used. Verse 12 My father, peradventure, will fill me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver. And I shall bring a curse upon me and not a blessing. Everybody see how people can just overlook their own junk? So he didn't start with, I'm Mama, isn't this is wrong. All day, Mama, this is wrong. No, I'm Harry, and that's what's gonna curse me. I'm, I'm a smooth man, that's what's gonna curse me. If daddy found out, that's, then I'm gonna be cursed. Because God is sleep. So we got to come up with a better plan to be sneaky. I don't want to be a deceiver. (laughs) Everybody see. Now now look at what he says, Verse 13. And his mother said unto him, Upon me be thy curse. My son only obey my voice. And go fetch me them. Some kind of way, we're going to be blessed disobeying what daddy say. And I, I'll take all the blame. I, I, Let it be on me. You just do what I say do. Everybody see that? So to make a long story short, they went through with it. And in their minds, they were successful. Now, Isaac deceived Abimelech, and in his old age, he had to reap what he sowed. Does everybody understand? to the point where he was deceived. Does everybody understand that? All right. Let's go now to the 29th chapter of the book of Genesis. So what happens in between there, they go through with it, and when when Esau comes back and, and finds out that his brother stole his blessing, he, he gets anger, and he, he, saw, he seeks after Jacob's life, and he wants to kill him. So then his mama, you know, talks to him, telling him, go, go by your uncle's house. Just get far away from here. Everybody see? And so that's what he does. He goes to his uncle's house. We're going to start reading at verse 14. His uncle's name is Laban. It says, And Laban said to him, talking about Jacob, Surely thou art my bone and my flesh, he, and he abode with him the space of a month. And Laban said unto Jacob, Because thou art my brother, shouldest thou therefore serve me for naught? Tell me, what shall I, w- w- thy wages be? And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. And Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. Tender-eyed means she was cross-eyed. Did not look good. And Jacob loved Rachel. Everybody see that? And said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy youngest daughter. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to thee than that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. That I should give who to thee? Rachel. And and so Laban says, okay, yeah, that's fine. It's better, you know, it's better that she marry you than some strange man. So let's go and keep reading. Verse 20, and Jacob served... Seven years for Rachel, and they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had to her. And Jacob said unto Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled that I may go in unto her. I've waited seven years. Now I want you to notice, listen, it appears that Laban is an honor, you know, a man of honor. Yes, you know, seven years. Now let's think about something. He's telling him how much he appreciates him. You know, I'm glad you're here. Serve me for seven years. Now, you know what he could have done? On the first day, he could have gave Rachel to be his wife. Except he had another plan. Everybody understand? Yeah, people back then, they lived on, on, under the honor code. It's, you can marry her today and just stay here for seven years to work it off. No, I'm going I'm to get some seven years of labor out of you And then I'm going to give you the cockeyed wife. (laughs) Verse 22, And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah his daughter and brought her to him. And he went in unto her. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah Zilpah his made for an handmaid. And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. You see what happened there? He slept with her and didn't know that it was her. So if you read that the way you're supposed to read it, you'll know some kind of way it had to be some underhanded stuff going on, e- even further than what we read, for him to sleep with the woman and not know that it's her. Who set that up? Laban. Because he understood if he had just, if she had just come walking down an aisle, cross-eyed, no, nah, that ain't what I work for. <laughs> he could have rejected it. But sleeping with her, it was going to be too late. This is your wife, whether you like it or not. You got to accept it now. Everybody understand? Verse 25, and it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this thou hast done unto me? Did not I serve thee with thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou what? Beguiled, Beguiled me. That's the problem with sneaky, folks. They think they're the only ones that's sneaky. They don't think it's going to ever come up on them. Everybody understand? You see this curse now? Went from Abraham to Isaac, then from Isaac to Jacob, and everybody deceiving and being deceived, just like the word says. Under a curse... Verse 26, and Laban said, it must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Everybody see that whole foolishness not come back up again? Who was the firstborn between Isaac and, uh, between Esau and Jacob? Esau. The Lord will get you exactly where you think you're getting other people at. Cursed. And, and you know what? They're not putting two and two together. Now, here's, here's, here's Jacob off in a foreign land, and Mama said, Let thy curse be upon me. Yeah, she didn't sleep with the cock eyed woman and was forced to stay with her. Everybody's saying. So we as parents can't have this attitude. I'm doing what I want to do, so God's just going to deal with me about it. No, you're going to see it in your children. You're going to reap what you sow. Everybody understand? <laughs> Verse 27, fulfill her week and we will give thee This also for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. And Jacob did so and fulfilled. You know why he went on? He loved the woman. But I'm sure in his mind he also knew, you know what, I'm getting what I deserve. This foolishness, we need to put a stop to it. Everybody understand? All right, so now let's go to chapter 37. Now Jacob got Rachel. Altogether Jacob have now he has the twelve what we call the twelve tribes of Israel. And he's an old man now. But Joseph was the son that he loved. Now, let me make this clear. Joseph and I think Benjamin, they were the sons of Rachel. And because he loved Rachel, now, if you continue to read that story, you'll see that God shut up the womb of Rachel for Leah's sake. Leah was the ugly one. She knew, well, I'm, you know, he didn't want me originally. I'm not going to be treated as well. And so God, to even the playing field, she had 10 of the children. She had 10 of the tribes. And only after Rachel is really praying and seeking the Lord did God give her the two. And even the last one that she had, she died during childbirth. So you see the deception, how it just multiplied, how people suffered. That when it went on that way, had Jacob been an honest man and and said, you know what, I'm going to do what daddy said. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to intrude on that. Everybody see? So he suffered. Not only did he have to work 14 years for the one that he really wanted, but even so, and after praying that the Lord would bless her with children, she died with the last one, giving birth. So now he's old and he got a little bit of sense. Man, I should have went down that road. Now I'm seeing how all of this is playing out. But you know what? It don't stop him from having his two favorites. The ten with the cockeyed one, well, y'all, y'all on, y'all on. Y'all do what y'all want. But these two I really, really, really love. These two, Joseph, especially Joseph, he was the firstborn from Rachel. I really, really love him. You see how? Because he was. You see how that that curse was introduced? Let me make this clear. It's a curse when you have favorite children. That plays into how they're going to behave with one another. Don't think for one minute they don't know. Everybody understand? All right, so Joseph was a dreamer. He dreamed. God gave him dreams. And he made the mistake of telling his dreams to people that couldn't stand him. So let's start reading at verse 20. No, let's start reading at verse 18. It says, And when they saw him afar off, talking that's his brothers talking about Jacob, e, I mean talking about Joseph, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit, and we will say... Some evil beast has devoured him, and we shall see what will become of, the, of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into the pit, to this pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him, that he, might be, that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. You see the deception there? Even in that, that's deception. And it came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many, many colors that was on him. And they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty, there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread. And they lifted up their eyes and looked, and behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels, bearing spicery and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his brethren were content. Now that's the thing about deception. is It always got a good, good tone to it. Let's sell them off. That way we ain't doing no wrong. <laughs> Verse 28, there passed, Then there passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And there's your allegory of Jesus Christ being sold. Everybody see you know that curse carried down even to Jesus Christ? You know he was sold in deception? Everybody understand? Let's go and keep reading. And Reuben returned unto the pit, and behold, Joseph was not in the pit, and he rent his clothes. And he returned unto his brethren and said, The child is not, and I, whither shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in the blood. Everybody see that? Now you know it's deception. See, the devil's giving them the same ideas. What did Jacob have to do to appear to be Harry? Since he liked to sew and his mama liked to sew, we're gonna make him a coat and put it on his skin so that he can look feel like he's Harry when his daddy touch him. So this daddy, his daddy gave him this coat of many colors, and what did they do? They took it, killed an animal, put blood on it so they could deceive the deceiver. Everybody understand? Verse 32, and they sent the coat of many colors and they brought it to their father and said, This have we found. Now know whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it and said, it is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. And hey, you see how this people, when they are walking in a curse, they are a selfish somebody. They're not thinking, well, you know what? Daddy done been through enough. Here he is, he done worked. 14 years for the one wife that he really wanted and then after she gave birth, she dies. He's done been through enough. No, we're gonna, we're gonna walk in more deception. We're gonna put through, daddy through some more stuff. We're gonna lie, just like our great grandfather was doing. We're gonna lie just like our grandfather was doing. And we're gonna lie just like our daddy was doing. You see the curse? Verse 34, And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted and said, and he said, For I will go down into the grave until my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Now, These sons that were trying to comfort him, they were the same ones that were responsible for what took place. Everybody see? So you know they had to be lying in the comfort. Oh, dad, it's going to be all right. You're going to see him again in the sweet by and by. It's just everybody just living in deception. Just like the word says, deceiving and being deceived. Everybody see that? All right. Let's go to chapter thirty-nine, real briefly. So now Joseph is in Potiphar's house, the man who he eventually ended up being sold to. We're going to start reading verse four. Says, And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and knew and he knew not aught he had, saved the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. He was handsome. So everybody see that? Great-grandma was pretty. Well in her 60s. And great-grandpa was scared that he was going to get killed for her. Grandma was also pretty. And even in her old age, grandpa was lying. And now here I am. I'm young and handsome. And even though I'm a slave, I'm still referred to as being handsome. But let's see how that plays out. Everybody see how beauty can be a curse according to the world standard? Verse 7, and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, behold, my master Watteth not, in other words, knoweth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. Everybody understand what they're saying there? That he was, that Potiphar trusted Joseph to the point where he didn't even take inventory of everything that he had because he knew Joseph was an honorable man. Verse 9, there is none greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee. Because thou art his wife, how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph, how? Day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And everybody understand what they're saying there? He didn't resort to, well, let's cuddle. Verse 11, and it came to pass about this time that Joseph went in to the house to do his business, and there was none of the men of the house there within, and she caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand, and fled, and got him out. He got out of there. Verse 13, and it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand, and was fled forth that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them saying, See, he hath brought in an Hebrew unto us to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. Everybody see that? So here was Joseph trying to do what was right, and here comes deception. Hunting him down. The curse of the family. So that shows how somebody innocent can even come under that curse. He was cursed just because his parents, grandparents, great-grandparents introduced it. Everybody see? So what happened to Joseph after this? He gets thrown in prison. all right everybody still there? so Joseph could interpret dreams and he's in prison with a couple of Pharaoh's servants and so they have a dream, one of them have a dream and here, here is Joseph interpreting the dream let's go to verse 12 And Joseph said unto him, This is the interpretation of it, the three branches are three days, yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. But think on me, when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house, talking about out of this prison. For indeed, I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I also was in my dream, and behold, I had three white baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there was, all, uh, there was of all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh and the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. And Joseph answered and said, This is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head from off off of thee, and shall hang thee on a tree, and the birds shall eat thy flesh from off thee. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants, and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto the butlership again, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as, as Joseph had interpreted to them, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph but forgot him. You see the deception there. Promised Joseph, I remember you, but he did not. You see, the curse still being carried on. Does everybody see that? Let's go to chapter forty-two, just real briefly. Now, at some point, he gets remembered. After Pharaoh has a have a dream, he gets remembered, and he tells Pharaoh what the law was warning. The law was warning about a famine. That would take place. It would be seven plenteous years and, and then seven years of famine. He's telling them seven years of plenty. Make sure you save some for the years of famine. So he saves really the whole world at that time through the interpretation of this dream. And so because of that, he gets promoted to the second man in charge. Talking about Joseph. So here he is promoted. And because there's a famine like God said it would be, his brothers... And his family, back in their homeland, they are suffering as well. And so they have to go to Egypt to get food. Is everybody there? All right, is everybody at chapter 42? now, verse one, now when Jacob saw that there was corn in Egypt, Jacob said unto his sons, Why do ye look one upon another? And he said, So Jacob's still living. And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get ye down thither and buy for us from thence that we may live and die and not die. And Joseph's ten brethren went down to buy corn in Egypt. But Benjamin, Joseph's brother, Jacob sent not with his brethren, for he said, Lest peradventure mischief befall him. Yeah. Everybody see the favorite thing still playing out? And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was the governor over the land, and he, and he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but made himself strange unto them, and spake roughly unto them. And he said unto them, Whence come ye? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew him not. Everybody see how this goes right back to Esau and Jacob? And Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed of them and said unto them, Ye are spies, to see the nakedness of the land ye are come. And they said unto him, Nay, my Lord, but to buy food are thy servants come. We are all one man's sons. We are true men. Thy servants are no spies. And he said unto them, Nay, but to see the nakedness of the land, or ye are come. And they said, Thy servants are twelve brethren, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is this day with our father, and one is not. In other words, one is dead. And Joseph said unto them, that. Is it that I spake unto you, saying, Ye are spies hereby, ye shall be proved. By the life of Pharaoh ye shall not go forth hence, except your youngest brother come hither. Send one of you, and let him fetch your brother, and ye shall be kept in prison, and that your words may be proved. Whether there be any truth in you, or else by the life of Pharaoh surely ye are spies. And he put them all together into ward three days. In other words, he put them in prison. And Joseph said unto them the third day this do and live for I fear God if ye be true men let one of your brethren be bound in the in the house of your prison go ye carry corn for the famine for your house of your houses but bring your youngest brother unto me so shall your words be verified and ye shall not die and they did so So you see now the 10 brothers are being deceived And you can go on and on. If you continue to read the Old Testament, you will see the same thing playing out over and over and over and over and over over again. Even down to Jesus Christ and Judas thinking that he's deceiving the Lord. I'm stealing, but the Lord don't know. I'm selling him for, for money, but he don't know. Everybody see? You see the curse of the family? and nobody's repenting for their deception. They just continuing to live, continuing to live, continuing to live. And and I'm trying to show you how this just opened up a whole, just Joseph wouldn't have had to go to Egypt being a prisoner had his family not been introduced to deception. Everybody understand? Everything that you read, all this bad stuff you're reading was was because of deception, it was because of a curse that the family wasn't dealing with. You think about how a child can grow up in a family and don't like the circumstances. Wish to God that they were born in different circumstances or that the circumstances would change. Only to grow up, hate the circumstances, and grow up and live in those same circumstances. What is it but a curse? Mama marries, have a fallout with daddy, they divorce, she raised daughters that are either not concerned with marriage at all, ain't thinking about marriage, or have failed marriages herself. And mama ain't got wisdom to give to the daughter because she's still upset with daddy. She ain't going to say, well, you know, you just stay there and work it out. No, she gonna, all, if she ain't repented of her curse, she, all she can do is give the curse. Ah, I wouldn't stay there and put up with that. He, he keep you from the family anyway. A bunch of divorced women. <laughs> Let's all be cursed together. You look at families and how they divorce and, and, and see if that don't just go down the line. And mama's just as happy to be by herself. I ain't, I'm not worried about no man. And the young daughter of 20 and, and ain't got no sense. And want to be like mama. Just satisfied with dating around until you find your Boaz. Except he don't ever come that's a curse my prayers is that we will wake up you know curse people prep their children for the curse that's all you can do when you don't come from under that curse, all you do is prepare your children to take on the same curse you have. That's the deception of it. You think it's just you. You think, well, what I'm doing ain't got nothing to do with him, except that child is gonna grow up and all they can do is take on their kind. All they can do is take on what produced them. Everybody understand? That's why it's important that husband and wife be on one accord, and I mean all the way. Amen. All of that get introduced into the family, and then when, when husband and wife are on one accord, you know what happens? Favorites start getting played. And then the children grow up and can't stand each other. It happened in the first generation. Adam and Eve got out, off of one accord, and one of their sons killed the other one. Everybody see? And What happens is parents start picking the ones that's most like them. And, it, and generation after generation, that curse, if it's not dealt with, it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And worse to the point where what we see today. We live in a cursed nation. You know this is a cursed nation when women are willing to kill their own offspring. We ain't going to even give birth to them. We're going to kill them out of convenience because I got a good paying job and I don't want to give up my career. That's a cursed nation. And even more so curse because they ain't got to do it behind the scenes. They, it's out front now. There was a time when you had to sneak and go do something like that. Not anymore. And this day, this country is answering for that innocent blood. You see. And you may say, well, Brother Bone, I ain't never done that. But are you passing on the curse when they hear? here? To God it's the same thing. Blessings and curses, life and death. You killing them before killing them. Does everybody understand? If you choosing death, you choosing it for your offspring. The ones that do make it here. You disobey God's command, you're setting your children up for an early death. That's what we started off reading, isn't it? They will live a life of death. You'll be one of those people, you might live to be 80 and, and then bury all your children. Behind you, you just gotta get your way. I, I can't let that fly, I got to, I got to express myself. Everybody understand? families cursed with alcoholism, with drugs, all these things, people never figure out what in the world is going on. Why is this run so rampant in my family? Cursed. And the only thing that could break that curse is obeying God's command. That's the only thing. You can't slick and slide your way out of it. You have to obey God's command. My prayers is that we'll be able to see. Listen, curses make the devil's job easy. Because all he have to do after that is just make sure you're just ignorant. You don't know any better. You just think, well, you know, this is, I grew up seeing this. Okay, so yeah, if you see it in your life and you see it in your children's life, you ought to know something is wrong. I'm telling you, I didn't have to wait until my children got grown to know what they were gonna go through. You ought to be able to, as a parent, look down the road. It's wrong for you to have a ways contrary to God's word and want to see your children do better, but you ain't changing. Amen. If you can see it in your child, identify it in yourself and ask God to help you to, so you can remove that curse out of your home. But you stand the same and then praying over your children ain't going to do a bit of good. Does everybody understand? My prayers, we heard what the Lord had to say. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word that you spoke to us today. God, we pray that ears have been open, Lord, and minds have been changed to receive what you had to say, Lord. God, I pray that you will reveal to each and every one of us what curses have been in our families. Lord, and what to do concerning obeying you, Lord, to break those curses. Help us to be mindful of this spiritual war that we are in so that we don't repeat the same behavior, Lord. Help us to humble ourselves and repent of our ways, of our mindsets, Lord, of our behaviors, our thought processes, and the things that have led to us keeping the curse going in our families. And, Lord, we pray right now that you will break every curse that have attached itself to us through bloodlines, through association, Lord. We ask, Lord, that right now you will help us to make up our minds to obey you with our whole hearts, without question, so that we don't repeat what the devil has planted in our families. And, Lord, when the curse has been broken, Lord, help us to pray for our family members that their eyes will be opened as well. Help us to have a heart for your people. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. If that's all now, um, we'll uh, be dismissed to go to the back and discuss what we've heard.